Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast episode 460. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am one of your hosts, Todd. I hate freaking thieves, Oxtra. Oh, Todd. Joined by Charlie Carton. Todd was assaulted by the Pony Express. They rode up to his house. I'm going to take your mail. Todd loves yeah. to tell that story, man. Yeah, what's what's going on? So not Porch Pirates this time. It was Mailbox Thieves. Oh, story, Charlie. Mail- dumb criminals. Yeah. Yeah, criminals are dumb. So uh, I had to write checks because I'm the treasurer for our band booster. So I was paying some some judges who judged our soul ensemble competition. Pay, paying them off. Yeah, paying them off. Vote for Jacoby. Vote for Jacoby. They're, they're very easily bought off. Uh, so they were in the mailbox to go out. The funny part was then I got called by the band directors who the bank contacted them. Someone tried to basically rip off us by putting a nine in front of the 60 and then wrote for car repairs in the note (laughs) for the band bus now you have a you have you have a like a street mailbox is that how you got nailed yeah it's basically two mailboxes on the post so it's myself and oh gotcha gotcha, gotcha. so and they go by so so uh it was just so funny so i'm gonna it was your your neighbor oh you said they caught the guy or they got him on video well they they took his photo and they took a picture Mm -hmm. of the check so and then he went and tried to do the same thing in another branch i just think it's funny so another branch oh my god uh, you know what uh you might want to mail your check somewhere else than your mailbox but other than that i mean who writes checks anymore either except for me Two checks a year. Yeah. <laughs> Very Probably. few, like tax yeah. check. But, but not yet. I was going to say yeah. not even, even though we have a Dropbox yeah. for uh, yeah. taxes here in EGR. April still pays it online. Why the hell not? Oh, point. I forgot you could pay them online. Oh, well, yeah, um, exactly. I pay most of my bills online anyways. But, well, you know, long story yeah. short, folks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hate those. Hate those jerks. I wish Terrible. I had the mail. I hate. Is there a superhero called like the mailman or something? Because there was there's a newspaper be, boy squad. Maybe they could a, take on criminals. Probably a Batman villain who's the, you know, uh, paper cut. Maylor. <laughs> <laughs> male is big robot yeah. uh but anyway yeah it's uh great to be here on a, a sunny day in february kind of weird yeah we're getting a a warm flap here but uh yeah we're doing our thing but in doing our thing we'd like to give our love esteem and respect to our awesome squad of secret friends unite patreons if you visit patreon.com slash secret friends unite you can try out our wares uh for seven days for free i do a show Got some, got some, got some squaggle, squaggle, swaggle, uh, called uh, the Facts of Geek Life, where myself and a guest do take on a classic series and a classic season and a handful of episodes, and we have a good time. Todd's been on with me a couple of times. Uh, Todd and I do a great show called Spinner Rack, where we break down comics, and we are relaunching a great program that will give you more details in time, uh, where we're going to bring back interviews with celebrities and ordinary folk alike. Uh, so look for that. Uh, that squad, friends with benefits, Johnson, Dorf, Phoenix, Sisters, Cosplay, friends of mine, Brendan Myers, Corey and HD, and Matthew Keel. BFF level is Sean, Stella, and Henry Nias, great Nias family out there in the Twin Cities, and my friend Missy Merchant. We are grateful to you and your support. Again, patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite for a free one-week trial, and check us out. We love it. Good deal. All right. Now, uh, dog legging into the 1970s with an issue number of 100 
in 60 from November of 1978, the Justice League. Oh, everything you've ever wanted, a biplane with two uh, dinosaurs. And boy, you got you got a lot of faces going on here. So the Justice League is not, not like the, oh wait, JLA. I was thinking JLA of the JLA and the Society. JSA. Yeah. Okay. So this is the, this is the more traditional Justice League, but you've got, you got a couple of folks in the middle here, but then you've got, you got head bubbles, uh, but it's, it's a side shot. So Justice League is a Superman. Oh, and there's a society. Okay. So uh, Justice League, Superman, Flash, Elongated Man and Hawkman. So a lot of, a lot of mans, a mans and a Flash. Uh, and the Justice Society is Wonder Woman, who's also in the Justice League. I don't know, but uh, Huntress, you know her? Oh, yeah, Earth 2 or 17 or whatever yep. it is. Uh, Star Huntress's, yep. Yeah, Star Spangled Kid and Dr. Mid-Knight, N-I-T-E, like Mac tonight. I don't know. Um, right. But anyway, yeah. And then there's a handful of other characters uh, fighting. Oh, they look like dinosaur men. Sorry. One, one is tall, but they all look bipedal. I thought like, one was Godzilla for a time, but I, I yeah. think they're just, just lizard men. Like he's standing a, on a rock. plane. Well, you, yeah. you can, yeah, you can see his feet, but anyway, uh, we have a, a, a bottom, uh, there's a spot at the bottom. It's funny. The five looks like it was drawn in. Like somebody said three, er, er, no five, uh, five heroes of yesterday fight a losing battle against a menace of tomorrow yesterday tomorrow and neither the justice league nor the justice society can rescue them so they painted the picture of the two teams they mentioned but then we have what looks like space ghost two-gun kid um somebody threw up a flag and put it on and then kazar so yeah. that's, so that's, I, that's I can answer that it. question because charlie at the oh, top please. says a star-studded special feature oh there we Jonah go hacks enemy ace viking prince Black Pirate and Miss Liberty. I believe that's Enemy Ace in the biplane. Oh, I was going to say because yeah, that's five characters. But so is he? Sh- is he shooting at his friends? Oh no, he's shooting, and you see, uh, you see that one of the dinosaurs got hit, but uh, the the guy with the rapier sword has it pulled back. So, um, yeah, what uh, what an odyssey! You should see if that one's on uh, DC. <laughs> so it's forty four pages, and it's all new for fifty cents, folks. Yeah, I mean uh, that is uh, yeah. What's a better that, deal? That's a value. And this was in uh, definitely in Marvel's uh, 70s. I won't say it's a heyday, but uh, certainly something that I'm more familiar with. So um, that's fantastic. And if it's available on DC Unlimited, we're we're way overdue for doing one of those segments where we pick five. We'll look to do that in April, I think. Yeah, I think that's appropriate time. That's a great idea. Ideas of some content we're going to do. I like some of the big movies coming out. But anyway, speaking of big movies coming out, we are now only 10 days away from the release that will catapult our senior news correspondent or her her heirs or her avatar i don't know uh played by dakota uh johnson to star to to, to massive stardom out of the spumco we're talking about madam webb she uh, once again our senior news correspondent at 124 years young down at the corner of hollywood and vine bringing you all just the latest scoops without the shot of poop uh it's madam webb's rumors and news let's do it now it's time for madam webb's rumors and news take it away boys Thank you, Madam Webb. Madam Webb, I was just in Vegas, and let me tell you, there are limitless opportunities for merchandising for Madam Webb. I mean, the amount of slot machines they could, you know, have with you. It could, it could be Madam, Madam Webb's loose slots. It could be um, would be one of the games. Uh, there were restaurants oh, t- all over the place. I'm not touching Madam Webb's loose slots. It was a, <laughs> it was a bad grab. <laughs> 
Uh, there's restaurant endorsement deals. I mean, there could be the gruel. Gruel are us. You could have all your gruel recipes. Mm, uh, you could, the you could be there in like a chef's hat. And then when Madam Web, the you know movie comes out, then, uh, you know, you can get like, I can imagine all of those fake performers that you take pictures with. You could, they could get us like a uniform review and somebody could be you and make some money on the slide. This could be a, an enormous opportunity, so we will uh, we will hear more about that when we bring you our uh, spoiler filled spoiler cast of Madam Web uh, a couple weeks from now, or ne- no, that's not next weekend, but it'll be very soon because it does come out on the fourteenth. So, all right, well, some sad news in the world of geek. We lost uh, just a few days ago um, the uh, irreplaceable Carl Weathers passed away peacefully in his sleep, as I said on Feb one. Uh, leaving a huge uh, dent in pop culture, uh, best known, I think, by a generation prior to ours uh, as Apollo Creed in the first three Rocky films and very briefly in the fourth one. Um, but then moving on to be a co-star in Predator, uh, uh, people remember him, uh, obviously, from his role in Happy Gilmore, which he, I'm sure this article will illustrate he suffered a, a terrible injury uh, to his back, which he was in pain for several years, one of the articles I read about him. But most recently, uh, back in 2019 breaking into the world of star wars as uh charismatic magistrate grief karga who we saw in all three seasons of that show so uh yeah passed away in his sleep oh and let's not forget action jackson oh or hurricane smith yeah from we, 1992 we talk about all of these roles yeah, yeah. oh mean. okay yeah let's yeah, yeah let's yeah. run it down yeah so carl weathers you know you looked at the guy and you know he can't he actually played football a big right. dude and uh you know uh sylvester sloan did a really heartfelt message actually on instagram if you watch it really good talking about how he found him and, and yeah. he auditioned for the part but um uh he's he always looked timeless like he didn't age the dude right. was was amazing always looked like he was in shape so yep. um but yeah some of the other roles and we can go through these really quick oh yeah a movie means- called hurricane smith Oof. and the tagline was he's bringing his thunder down under so i guess Ooh, with, Australia. With, with, with yeah piccato Ooh, oh that's uh, the next movie oh gotcha yeah next movie bucktown and friday foster uh a black exploitation from, from the 1970s i love Greer. it yeah. oh my god yeah happy gilmore as i had mentioned in it uh i don't think this nest i don't the know bermuda depths yeah. yeah it was a, oh my a tv movie collaboration between rank and bass oh and my god North Ranger. what oh my goodness i had forgotten about him in arrested development uh, cause he had a, he had a role, uh, where he had a lot of screen time with, uh, uh, what's his face. This picture right here on the screen. Am I drawing a blank on the actor? Uh, Tony, name? uh, no, no, uh, what's his name? Yes. David Cross. Yeah, David Cross. exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Mandalorian. Obviously, we were discussing that Predator uh, in 1987. We talked about that, and then yeah, the Rocky films, one through four. Uh, the you know the the inspiration, the instrument by which a you know a, a poor Hammenegger uh, boxer named Rocky Balboa fought his way up from the depths to become champion of the world, and kind of the emotional development. Those I am endeared to those films, even though. While the first film was wholly very inspirational, the rest of the films are kind of filled with moments where it's great and moments where you're like, okay. Um, Went pure eighties, yeah, pure eighties, the rest of them. Uh, But yeah, we ended with. Action Jackson, which was they, they oh, said, yes. you know, we never got an Action Jackson too, like back in action or yeah. or uh, class action lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was set, it know. was set it was set in Detroit, and one of the uh, one of the female uh, protagonists in it was played by a very young Sharon Stone before she was discovered. And, and I just remember Craig T. Robinson. The it wasn't the he villain, the uh, maybe Craig T. Ro- is it Robinson? You know the coach. What's his name? Craig uh, Craig T. T. Nelson. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. Craig was Robinson it? is. Uh, 
somebody else. What, one thing, uh, the, the, like the, if there's a single solitary line from that movie that stands out is that uh, Action Jackson is leaving the location of wherever Sharon Stone's character is, and she says, oh, are you going downtown? I could use a lift. And there's someone who uh, lived in Detroit in the 1980s, nobody was looking for a lift downtown unless you wanted to get murdered. So it's not Chicago, which is probably likely to get murdered down there too so never mind but anyway that just cracked me up kind of treating detroit like a normal city people don't spend exactly. time downtown in the 80s they just think yeah, it was how it's far on the suburbs can I get? and robocop are the two you know classic uh places right. in for detroit one line yeah, exactly. though from action jackson i like this says uh cab says you almost tore that boy's arm off and he says so he had a spare Oh, hello. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, our our most uh, our heartfelt uh, support and love go out to the family of uh, Carl Weathers. Your uh, your presence will be missed in cinema and television of all kind. Thank you. Thank you for the memories. So anyway, what do we got up next? Uh, so we have a Supergirl. So we, we we heard there was like three super women up for right, the yeah. role. We and really, we, we really bungled that one last time because it's oh, like so and so, so and so, and so and so. When you read it backwards, I'm like, yep. no, that's not. We we would get the middle one right no matter what because that. Well, because the names were out of order from the picture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's okay. We we now have one, so it's e- very easy to get it right, which is uh, Millie Alcock, uh, who has played the young Rhaenyra uh, oh. for only half the first season, uh, right. and then she basically brought in the adult version of her. Uh, right. She was fantastic, and oh, absolutely. Um, so she is going to be in. Uh, she's going to be super, uh, Supergirl, uh, carried on Danvers, and uh, apparently she may make an appearance in Superman Legacy before she shows up oh, in the Supergirl very good. Uh, Woman of Tomorrow. Um, right. She has intro. not been a ton of movies. I think she's only been in one movie, and then she's been in some TV series. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to figure out how old she is. She's young. <laughs> You know, your story, speaking of Australians, reminds me of Jess Bush, who plays Christine Chappell on Strange New Worlds. Uh, that role is her first role outside of her native Australia. So it's like mm-hmm. a very much a virtually unknown. And again, Millie, uh, while she's had the obviously the breakthrough role in um, in Hot D, House of Dragons, um, does not have otherwise a, a, a global career. Uh, but this this will be a role she will forever be known by. There's no doubt about it. You don't get to be a super anything without people always saying, hey, he was Superman. He was blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Even if you only get one movie. I mean, yeah. people yeah. have made their career. Brandon Routh has had a great career after one movie. Right. He was a, literally an unknown. Uh, she's 23. So she's young. So this is mm-hmm. great. So she could potentially have this career for a long time if it works out. She right. enjoys the role and can do different projects within it, pop in and out. But um, I think right. this could be great. And I know one of the biggest pushbacks on the Superman Legacy project is they've announced a ton of people in this film. Mm-hmm. But I think it will work because this is a Superman who has been doing his job for a long time. This is a world where right. superheroes exist. So it's, I, I see a lot of, I expect a lot of cameos, a lot yep. of one-offs where they're not necessarily a big part of the film, but they're just like, this is the world of DC that we live in now. And this yeah. is where you're at, which we haven't yeah. gotten before. Usually it's like the origin. And then it's like, Whoa. Oh, this hero pops up and then there aren't any other heroes. Right. Well, and, or, or, you know, and, and, or just jammed uh, in like what we saw with the, uh, the DCEU in, you know, the last 10, 15, almost 15 years uh, gone by is that they're just trying to, oh, we're, you know, we can do what Marvel does and jam it on up uh, and try to create everything for here's an origin, here's an origin, here's an origin. With the exception of uh, Affleck as Batman, which they, they jumped him forward and he was a little bit more Dark Knight Returns. Correct. which One of the few things that actually worked and very yeah. few. So and it's a shame he yeah. never got to be. 
his own Batman by himself and do his own thing. Um, But, you know, if the only person we know that's really successfully, like, launched a movie with a lot of characters is James Gunn with uh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, how many yep. characters were in that film? And they also yeah. did it with the the second, I would say, really the only Suicide Squad I recognize, where it's like, here's a billion people, and it works. So Right. Um, and the Suicide Squad's great because they're all very disposable. But again, that did, like, here's Harley again, and here's we shot off Peacemaker from that, and that was such a fun show. You somebody know I mean? totally different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. There's Deadshot. Yeah. It's not Will Smith anymore. <laughs> it's like, okay. Oh, God, thank God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, so that should be fun. So, no director announced, so I'm going to guess this is a project that's three to four years out, is my vibe. Uh, it um, could be. I mean, it depends. I forgot the timeline, and, and James Gunn announces stuff almost. I guess yeah. it's the anniversary of like everything going forward with James Gunn. So very cool. And oh, okay. you know, the fact nice. that uh, James Gunn wouldn't have cast her unless he, if he wasn't going to use her, I think for the, yeah. the first movie would make sense. Awesome. I love it. Good deal. Cool. All right, moving on. We, we got a, we got a pair of trailers for the next story of uh, the next couple of stories. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm remembering, I'm trying to remember the uh, Tarantino film, the world war two film with uh, Brad Pitt from about 10, Inglorious Bastards, yeah, exactly, and that that was that was a weird one for me because again, you know, it just decided like, hey, we're on an old Earth, and and these people are going to murder yeah. Hitler, and it was just it was it was it was it was definitely out there. Um, where with this, what we're seeing here, we have a first trailer for Guy Ritchie's The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, which seems like a a combination between Inglorious Bastards and by name the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the movie sure. that killed the movie that made Sean Connery retire. It, so it didn't bad. kill Sean Connery. <laughs> thankfully no no he, he continued to live but without worry he was like you know what f this f, f everything i'm out um but uh oh todd it's it's so sad as i bring this up there's an ad for manscaped playing oh man Aww. oh things that could have been but anyway guy Ritchie. uh obviously he's he's been an auteur he's been making films for many many years but i i know his films but i'm, I'm trying to picture a time i've sat down and really knocked one out so what are like five films i would know him for from i know the lock uh, so stock and two barrels right that's one that correct out. correct snatch uh then you've got uh the gentleman which just came out which i really liked the gentleman um okay. And I'm trying to think of like other ones that have, you know, been bigger success. Some, some good, some bad. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just drawn to blank. But anyway, this film seems to be very much in the vein of the Inglorious Bastards. Uh, uh, but it has to do, yes, it's a World War II drama based upon a true, I love things based upon a true story, which can mean almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, based upon a uh, secret rogue group fighting the Nazis uh, by any means necessary. So that, that's the ungentlemanly warfare is like, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot this guy in the nuts when he's sleeping or whatever it is, you know. Just yeah, not great, not great stuff. But uh, yeah, Henry Cavill uh, being the lead actor and Alan Richson, I saw his cast too as we were watching this yep. April and I were watching this trailer before I got in. I'm like that big bow hunk must be Alan Richson because he was in the in the shadows in the background. I'm like that's that's Absolutely. my Reacher. Oh my yep. god, it's fantastic! Have you gotten through Reacher? By the way, I know that uh, uh, not, not second season yet. No, I, oh, I, need, to, baby. I, I, yeah, I really yeah. need to get into it. As they call it, those are dad dad shows. So you know, they yeah. say it's a you kill somebody and you have no remorse, <laughs> or there's right no exactly. Consequence. Yeah. That's what they call a dad show. Yeah, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, this uh, reunites. Oh, here you go. Re- reunites Richie and Cavill, who uh, previously were teamed up uh, for 2015's Man from Uncle. They showed a clip from it with that guy, the canceled guy, who was the other star oh, of that yes. movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm like he's the cannibal guy or whatever. Who was that? Who was he? He was he was the oh. Lone Ranger. 
He was a yep. Lone Ranger. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, his name is uh, that's how, Army, that's how, Arm and Army Hammer. Hammer. Arm and Hammer. Yeah, that's how canceled he is. We couldn't even come up with his name. But uh, also starring uh, Eliza Gonzalez, very pretty lady, Alex Pettifer, uh, Hero Finds Tiffin. I'm guessing there's a relation. Uh, oh, Babs Olasawana, uh, basically the doctor from Stranger Worlds, whose last oh. name I can't pronounce. Uh, and uh, Henry Golding, Snake Eyes himself, and Carrie Elways. Um, this sounds great. So this is in production. Is this uh, the movie's coming out uh, very soon? Oh I right, yeah. Oh, April, April, April nineteen. Yeah, I saw a trailer nice. for the movie. I saw today. It was in there too. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. Very um, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I would say Guy Ritchie definitely the first two movies. Uh, Lock, mm-hmm. stock, and snatch would be great. Uh, <laughs> Lock, stock, and snatch. Should you yeah, make them that, 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 that horrible? King Arthur movie, skip that. Oh, uh, God. He made the he did the Aladdin live action, which I forgot he did that. Um, so yes, so I would say stick to the gentleman uh, with Manny McConaughey. That was a really cool movie, and then uh, the first two movies he made. <laughs> the rest oh, are kind of a goodness. mixed bag, and he was married to Madonna too. That which is also a very mixed bag. Michigan's yeah. own Madonna from Bay City, Michigan, same as my dear old mama. Charlie, she's our mixed bag. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she may be a bitch, but she's my bitch. That's what you say about yeah. my ex-wife. Oh, no, I didn't say that out loud. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I was going to say that the, uh, the, 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 it kind of reminds me of like this is a real world version of Kingsman, like the Kingsman. Yeah. So this one's more of like a realistic kind of dirty yeah. dozen version of that, even yeah. though it's way over the top. <laughs> right, right. All right, moving on. Uh, I, this headline says it all. Tarot, the trailer, is here to remind you to stick to Candyland, kids. I don't know. Somebody could get killed in Candyland, take a plastic piece of your eyeball or something like that. That's, it's still, that's it's still, wide. yeah, it's, it's still dangerous. You could still, it's like, it's like, in, you know, in, uh, uh, the Simpsons where they're, you know, hitting each other with pieces of the Hot Wheels track. Ow, you hit me with a pin. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this is, uh, we, we're getting a uh, release by Sony of a horror movie coming out in May. We were watching this trailer and uh, I said to April at the end of it, oh, coming out in May, perfect horror film season. But really, I think we've learned that anytime is a great time for a horror film, you know, because it's it's fun and you're at the movie. So Monsters really don't take a week off. Exactly. Or, or a season. Yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't hibernate. Um, but uh, yeah, my wife dabbles in reading tarot cards from time to time we've got a couple of friends who are uh who do that professionally uh so that's definitely in my wheelhouse um but yes uh beware any sinister party game pilfered from a dusty hiding place by smirking teens who couldn't be less concerned with following rules because rules are uncool everybody knows that uh to protect them from supernatural harm so yeah this trailer basically gives us this young lady uh, and her friend group, one of whom is Jacob uh, Badalon, who is Ned from the Spider-Man films, uh, doing uh, this young lady snags a, a tarot deck that doesn't belong to her and starts reading the cards and everybody gets a death card, but it turns into Final Destination because as you see in a montage as we go through the trailer, somebody gets killed by a ladder, somebody gets uh, killed in a gang of hangman, somebody, what are some of the other ones? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, well, they mentioned off all of like the the, the cards they pulled, like the magician, the hangman, all those. Right, things. somebody gets yeah. killed by a creepy so musician. Everybody got who got uh, uh, magician, a card. Not, not musician. It's not it's not blue uh, no. oyster cult. No. No. Magician. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, so essentially you've got like all these boogeymen from the cards, which I think is cool. Um, yeah. and then anybody who got the card, that's how they'll die. So um I, I love the fact that, like, of course, where did they find the deck of cards? In somebody's abandoned house in the attic, like, oh, yep. these look good. Yeah, those would be fine. Hey, well. Well, it's like, yeah, if you're that hard up, what does a tarot deck cost? 20 bucks? 
You know, well, I mean, now you can get like tarot cards with like uh, the Cabbage Patch Kids on them. I mean, hey, they make I, them for I would love a tarot deck with the Garbage Pail Kids on them. You think we can make that happen? Even better. They could there's be fantastic. Kick, yeah. There's a Kickstarter for you. But yeah, yeah. Uh, tarot joins recent films like Talk to Me, Ouija, Ouija, Origin of Evil, and the Hulu In the Dark episode Uncanny Annie. And cult classics like Witchboard, which you were talking about. Uh, called it uh, Switchboard first. You, you called it Switchboard, <laughs> which I'm like, oh, because you, you were talking about Tony Katane, who was, you know, I, in the white snake here i go again video but i'm like was was she in a movie uh, starring in that one i say was she in just it was the 1930s she was like oh we're switching the switchboard burr, burr, burr. yeah <laughs> yeah call you'll die from it yeah uh and yeah. apparently they're even making a remake of witchboard oh wow uh we did we did yeah uh yeah you never know what might awaken in upcoming scenarios such as captain howdy from the exorcist or a fresh update on the magic eight ball movie which is apparently a real thing so anyway uh this looks like some silly fare uh that we will no doubt see because we enjoy that kind of probably stuff. probably costs so. like 12 million dollars it's gonna right. make a lot of money which is like 30 million so it'll be and happy. then it'll be it'll be free fr- franchiseville this will be in non- nonetheless this will be in the sun- summer movie wager for sure Oh my God! Well, it will fall in the time frame. Boy, that is that's going to be a weird summer for us. But I'm determined to get Shizor back. He's been gone from these shores for too long. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, you have. Oh, and he made the move with you too, didn't he? So hopefully, you know where he's at. You haven't displayed somewhere, I hope. Well, no, I. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. Oh, you were. Yeah, yeah. I was already already in the house, so he he came. Okay, very good. That last year. That is good. I would hate to think about uh, the fabulous Shizor not being around. So anyway, all right. Well. Uh, finally, uh, back in the, 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 oh, 2002, there was a film by Danny Boyle and Alex Garland, uh, written and directed called 28 days later, which starred kind of a pre-fame, uh, Killen Murphy, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, as a character named Jim, who much like, uh, Rick Grimes in the walking dead woke up in a hospital and was like, what the hell's going on? And had found out during this, his 28 day coma or whatever it is, if I'm remembering the plot correctly, just kind of skimming this, uh, that, uh, the world had turned to shit and there were zombies everywhere. Uh, and that movie, uh, I think that movie also had, was it, uh, what's his butt? The guy who was the, he's the dad of the, the bad guy in the, uh, one of the star Wars movies, older guy. He was mad. Eye Moody, mad. Eye Moody was another character yes, in that movie. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, there was that. And then they spun it forward to 28 weeks later in 2007. And for some reason, my brain wanted to tell me that, um, Sandy Bullock was in that movie, but that's, she did a 28 days. <laughs> no, that was, that was when she was in rehab. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, wasn't it 28 something? It was just 28 was- days. 28 days, I think, yes. Oh, my God. Well, I would love yeah, to see she, her, her rehab was a lot easier than theirs. I was going to say that would be a – to me, that would be a great combination. But, but yeah, now we're getting one that is uh, that is 28 years later. So I'm assuming uh, – And presumably, a sequel to yeah. it. So, yeah, yeah. So apparently we're going to get 28 months later than 28 years. So Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Very exciting. So that's cool. I mean that, you know, they tackled elements of that in various – flash forwards and cut scenes and whatever it is in the walking dead franchise as a whole, because there was the world beyond, which was set, I think a decade after everything had, uh, or after, maybe it was 20 years afterwards. And you really got to explore the, you know, kind of fascist government that took over the, the North America essentially. Um, and that's when I think April and I were actually going to potentially break down at some point uh, over on uh, the facts geek life, but we shall see. Um, but yeah, I dig this stuff. I love zombies. I love, 
post-apocalyptic stuff and you know the ever-present reminder that the real you know enemy is not the monsters but the people because people are monsters and you know for me it's a trope that doesn't get old that's what i think well and you know danny boyle is a really great director he's done so he did train spotting then he, he's done like yeah. some lighter fair um and it's <laughs> yeah, lighter fair and train spotting, right. well i think he did like uh the 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 movie with dev patel uh, where he was on the quiz show. God, I can't remember the name of the movie. Oh, um, the uh, blah, 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 blah. I know the one. Yeah, it, anyway, it was an it'll, Oscar it'll nominee. But yeah, yeah, he's done great things, and he's going to come back. Killian Murphy's going to be executive producer on this. this. Is great. I never saw Twenty Eight uh, uh, Weeks Later, so I probably need to see that. I love the first film, um, and yeah. So this is kind of cool to see where they're at in the future. Uh, very cool. Right. I, I'm excited. And, uh, exactly. Quality horror films are always good to have. You better believe it. So yeah, so this get one another th- witchboard. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. And, and another switchboard, switchboard. Um, but yeah, there will, there will always be a market for it. But anyway, uh, that does take us out of the news. Uh, so it's time uh, before uh, we get to the old geek easy. When I get, I, I've heard I got to get out that Fuber app. It might take a little, little bit of time to get that feeble Uber down here uh, in this neighborhood. Uh, but while we wait and you wait, why don't you check out this sweet advertisement? Hey, Secret Friends Unite, let me tell you about Zencaster. We use them for our show and now they're supporting us. Zencaster is now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. It's the ultimate web-based podcasting solution. It provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. Being a creator has never been easier. And we chose Zencaster because of the ease of use, uh, high quality output, and we it makes it super easy for our guests to come on. Uh, we had multiple solutions we tried before, and Zencaster has just been the best fit for us. Why Zencaster? It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sounds and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Have you ever worried what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation too. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with a click of a button. So if you're interested in making an easy, high-quality podcast just with the click of a browser button, go to Zencaster.com slash SFU and use our code SFU. You'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Now back to the show. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, cover bands plan, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So uh, last week I was in Vegas with some friends. Um, Charlie was going to go along with us and things happened. So um, things happened. <laughs> but, you know, college friends uh, was a great time. But, um, you know, didn't lose a lot of money, which is great. I bet on the Lions, though. Bad idea. They lost the first game, of course, which then meant they weren't going to win the Super Bowl. So I ended up losing two bets, but it was fun. Uh-huh. We had a good time. Uh, I, I will tell you, Charlie, about a story later about someone we met which is pretty funny um 
But oh my. Uh, one of the things I did and what I wanted to do when I went to Vegas was the sphere. I don't know if you've, anybody's have seen the pictures of it, Ooh. Charlie. It was a, it's a sphere. Well, it's not a complete sphere because it's got a bottom. It's flat. Um, <laughs> no, it floats in the air. It's like the... <laughs> it is cool as hell. It was $2.3 billion to create. Is essentially a concert slash movie place. And it's got externally, it's got all these... Uh, micro LEDs on the outside. So that's what they can do, make it do anything like design it. They had Tetris box blocks falling. They had emoji faces. It's, it's amazing. And from my hotel, I stayed at the planet Hollywood. You could see it. It was really cool. It's neat. Uh, It's, it's really cool inside. It's this really cool um, experience where before the show starts, they have robots who are AI. They'll talk with you. It's pretty much they would like answer your questions. I don't know how they, I feel about that. <laughs> then and, then and the, yeah, they it turns them. right in to kill all humans. It, <laughs> exactly. So they, they had like a body scanner you could do if you want. And it would like it was very it was very neat. And I like oh, the that, fact that they had that, that's something. how they're getting that 5G out of you. And they're going to put the chip in you. Oh, wait, exactly. sorry. I turned but on Fox you, News. I'm sorry. <laughs> it gave you something to do in between shows. So uh, once again, there are residents acts in place like you two is there currently on the times that are not performing they do uh, uh basically you'd see a movie called postcards from the earth uh darren aronofsky directed this film it's like, it's like an hour long and um it's a really cool theater uh experience where there's seats on the back wall and it kind of curves around and it's very steep though i don't know what it would be like to see a concert because if you try to dance you might fall forward and you're dead so don't do that um I mean, apparently Harry Styles apparently is is rumored to be next at the sphere. Or, oh, I thought you said he's rumored to, he's rumored to be trapped under the sphere. Oh no, let him he, out. He could be. Um, and that's what normally you would see. So we're sat, we're sitting in the theater, and it first starts off with just the screen coming out. It's not very big. It's on one, on the wall. I'm like, oh, I expected something different. And it's the story. I don't want to give too much away because it's definitely part of the thing. It's essentially a science fiction film but leaning heavily into people leaving earth and in as they're like sleeping and, and traversing are basically given memories of the earth they left behind. And that's where it really Ooh. opens up. And once Ooh. you're doing it, basically then the screen opens up as they leave the earth and it pops and it's the whole theater then becomes the movie screen. And oh, it's wow. amazing. You're looking so it's like, above. it's like the old school, like IMAX, like they'd have it like the Chicago museum. of think of like a planetarium is probably yeah. the better way to think about it. Cause it's all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I just remember it. And it was years ago before IMAX became like a movie theater kind of thing yeah. at the, uh, the field museum in Chicago, or maybe it was a museum of science industry. They would have that, you know, f- almost 360 or, you know, 300 degree mm-hmm. that the pictures all around you kind of thing. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. It's, it's crazy. It's got like, uh, I don't know if you call it like 4D kind of like thing because the seats really do rumble. The oh, sound d- is immaculate. D- d- box. Yeah. Kind of. Was, and then it's yeah. got like uh, wind blowing as well. No Fe- water. So, so you it's, didn't fe- it's, 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 it's feel around like the, the old bit from Kentucky Fried Movie. Guy comes behind you and here, let me give you a cigarette. <laughs> Gives you a like, yeah. No, but I, I thought it was really cool. I mean, not cheap by any means. So, I mean, that's part of the thing. It's just a so you thing. you pay to get in and then you can experience all these things. You pay you pay to get in and you're buying more stuff. 
No, no, like... it's all in. Uh, your 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 tickets are all in. You can even buy food, wine, oh, yeah. beer, whatever you want, and then watch the film. Uh, wouldn't recommend like getting like filling up your bladder and then needing to leave because once again it's tight. So then you'll be like, excuse me, excuse me, I can't me. get out. I'm in uh, space. I, we were about to kill the person in front of us, though. This woman is sitting there filming the whole damn thing on her phone. I'm like, what are you even doing? What is the point? It's not you like should even- just reached up and slapped it out of her hand. Should have done it. Should have oh, thrown down. So annoying. I mean, even tell people. you, you know, so I, I took pictures of just the, the what it looked like before it started. Then my phone was away. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, I just yeah, I, are dumb. People in just in, in normal theaters with phones on, that's the thing with kids I know. So it's like, give me a friggin' break. I just, yeah, I just, I, I, mean, I don't like, know. are you going to show somebody seriously? This is what it's like. I'm like on this strong of a screen. And it's like, yeah, you can't. it's like, you can't be there. It's like showing somebody a roller coaster ride and like, wasn't that awesome? Like, not really. Cause it's I'm a, not it, on it. <laughs> mirrored of an expression I heard in the show. I'll talk about here. A backwood simpleton. That's who was in front of you. A backwood simpleton. Pretty much. Yeah. And her, her boyfriend or whatever next year. I'm like, that's why you didn't we we basically you know we don't need it uh so if you're in vegas and you want a cool experience obviously a concert would be amazing but uh the the movie is is they do several shows a day Uh, you do have to buy your tickets in advance because they sold out and yeah uh, that's awesome good deal all right what else we were talking about this yesterday because you went to go see this and april and i were thinking about going i'm like oh we should go and she was like what movie is that i said is that uh, that oh that's the movie with the cat right because the cat is all over the marketing and that's the one but yeah you uh you had some some thoughts about this film that might uh might uh turn my attention from going to see it (laughs) yeah so the movie i saw was argyle it's matthew vaughn he's done multiple movies he's done wanted the kingsman uh, the king's man um the he's, king's woman he also did cousin. um x-men's first class so he's yeah done, he's got a, a repertoire of of you know type of movies he makes he's i always love what he does with like visuals and just really is is really cool to see what he he's gonna do and he's yeah that's the most from his actors they're always engaged you always feel like they're having a hell of a good time so um argyle is a weird one because it does feel like uh, I mean, the concept is pretty simple. This author, uh, Dallas Brace Howard, uh, is essentially this author. She writes this spy series called Argyle. Agent Argyle's the the lead character. The man and of socks. She's, she's written four books, and then she's getting ready to write her fifth. So um, she's kind of a, a a quiet woman. Doesn't do much. Hangs out with her cat. You see the cat in all of the the, the commercials. And the, uh, the the thrust of this movie is you find out, though, that the books she's writing are actually uh, essentially she can almost tell the future of what spy organizations are going to do plot wise. So uh, they essentially a secret organization is trying to kill her. And then we get essentially a spy who tries to save her played by Sam Rockwell. That's right. Yeah. 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 No, I remember yeah. From the trailer. And, um, you know, lots of good fight scenes in this movie, but it's kind of that trope of, you know, it's got a lot of those spy tropes. Um, so I don't think it brought a lot new to the table. And while I like Dallas Bryce Howard a lot in this movie, I will say certain things pulled me out with the actress. Um, and, and I don't want to give away why. So, I mean, I think, People, I, I didn't have a bad time. I just, it was just like, kind of, kind of just 
yeah. I've seen better by him, yeah. and a lot of things felt like I've seen them before. So mm. um, there is a surprise, as they talk about in the trailer, who the real Agent Argyle is. That's just in the trailer. Um, and it's revealed. Me. And You're I welcome. will I will give it away. I, no, I will not give it away. But I will okay. say it's not Taylor Swift, because that was like a rumor. It's Taylor Swift, and she wrote the book. Not I was going to say, you know, I mean, she is taking over the world. She is very clearly uh, at the behest of scaring everyone that she's going to make Joe Biden president again. So I don't know. Or maybe she'll just decide to take the throne for herself. I mean, we could do worse. We could do worse. We have done worse. Uh, yeah. Don't, you know, guys, don't take on the Swifties. You won't yeah. win. I, I mean, anybody who's going to do it, just <sighs> it's it's a fool's errand. And you're right. definitely going to be on that errand. Uh, you can't fools. fight City uh, Hall. So I would say if you want something to do, just have a good time. Um, I think it's got a lot of cool moments, which is neat. And there is an end credit scene, which is just like right after. I mean, it's like you don't have to stay very long. You'll get it. And it does tie into certain things as well. So uh, very, you may love it. It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> uh, exactly. But uh, I, I thought it was just OK. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Well, so one thing. OK. Yeah, one thing I thought was not okay is we saw, we did a one-two punch seeing movies, and this was last weekend, uh, is I think on Thursday night we, we went to go see the new Statham film, The Beekeeper, where he in fact keeps bees, but he is also a rogue tax secret killer guy whose arch nemesis is Josh Hutcherson. Um, really? And, yeah. Yep. Josh? Josh. The Josh. And uh, really yeah. Josh, though? He's playing himself? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was just him. He was really like Andy Samberg in Self-Reliance, uh, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. But hey, uh, not a great film. And April and I said, you know, we would do this for a bad trip to the movies with the Cardins, but it would mean that we would have to watch it and take notes. And that's uh, that's no, that's uh, no joy target. Um, but the next night we decided to go again. We saw American Fiction, which is a new film starring uh, Jeffrey Wright. And you also have... Diana Ross, Tracy Ellis Ross. Ross. There you yep. go. And then also, yeah, uh, Candy Alexander, a throwback to Living Single, was the love interest. Yeah, she Wasn't was one. Was she of, in news radio? No, no. I must be. I'm thinking of Kim, maybe Kim Alexander. Yeah, Candy Alexander was in news radio. The oh, one okay. that I'm thinking of, her first name is Kim. I thought her last name was Alexander. Oh. Okay. Um, but at any rate, and then you have Sterling K. Brown with his shirt off a lot. So, ladies, Ooh. enjoy. Um, but yeah, it's a great tale of a uh, a writer who's down on his luck uh, that he uh, goes from L.A. back to his hometown of Boston, spends some time with his sister, and she dies suddenly. Uh, and the story unfolds from there, and it brings in his estranged brother who uh, lives on the other side of the country back in the fold. And, uh, you know, their mother gets sick. And so it's just it is a, it's very much a, not really not a genre film, but really an excellent piece uh, about the complexities of family we all have them okay uh, that i wasn't that, sure yeah. i saw like the 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 poster and i'm like yeah i don't even know what this movie is about and i can't tell right. from the poster i'm not getting and it was yeah what he what he essentially does is write a uh he he uh sits in on a uh an author who has written a uh very stereotypical view of life in the ghetto yet she's uh. a pri- she's a privileged uh person of color who is a cultural uh, kind of a coastal elite uh and so it, he he does the opposite as a, an, a yet another coastal elite trying to lower himself to the level of writing uh, a thuggy book, which he calls, he calls it a couple of different things, but he settles on the name F blank blank K as the name of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, But no, it's a great flick. I would, I would highly recommend it again. It's it's very heartfelt, but um, 
but yeah, back home on the small screen, uh, at the behest of, uh, our my, our friends Tamara and Jay. Tam, Tamara is my oldest friend. She lives in the neighborhood here. We went to middle school together. She said, I have enjoyed the works of Danny McBride. And I'm like, you know, I've enjoyed it at times too. But um long time ago, and, and these these programs are all over on HBO Max that I'm going to talk about, and I'll do kind of this kind of slap shot here. Um, The Righteous Gemstones, which has John Goodman and Danny and uh and uh Adam Devine. And then the, uh, the, uh, the the sister, so the Adam Devine and Danny and this this woman are the children of uh, of John Goodman's character, and they're all evangelical preachers and obvious scammers because they live this crazy opulent lifestyle. Mega church, and, yeah, mega church, exactly. So, and it's all all of Danny McBride's stuff is basically set in South Carolina. It, it's kind of the you know just like the M Night Shyamalan films, all being set in Pennsylvania. Um, but that that show is three seasons with the fourth coming back. Uh, we moved on to watch Vice Principals, which is the show that preceded that. Again, Danny McBride, uh, but Walter Goggins was his co-star. Walter, Walter did then go on to also be in the Gemstones. He plays uh, the, the uncle uh, of, or basically the brother of the late wife of, uh, of John Goodman's character, uh, where Wally and uh, yeah, Wally and Danny McBride are competing vice principals, and they have to team up. And it's only two seasons; but it's a complete story. Uh, mm-hmm. Two seasons of I think eight or nine episodes each. Uh, so we finished both those, and they're just knee slappers. Danny Danny McBride is very much you get them or you don't. Uh, and I'm not going to say he's good. I'm not going to say he's bad, but I dig it. But we just started again, and I've I've watched good portions of this show, but we were just watching the first episode right before he came down here of Eastbound and Down, which was his show maybe 10 or 15 years ago, yeah. where he plays a washed-up major league pitcher. And yeah. Danny McBride's characters, while they all seem very interrelated, they go from the most obnoxious possible, which would be Eastbound East and Down, the Kenny Powers character, to Neil Gamby, who is this character in Vice Principals, who's still pretty annoying, but really just not such a bad guy, um, to the, the Gemstones character. I can't remember that character's first name. Who is... Uh, not but he's he's a crook but there's parts there there's humanizing parts to him that you can oh he's a like. crook with heart yeah so we kind of go it's kind of a roller coaster so you're at the bottom and eastbound and down you're at the top in vice principles and then you're back down again in the gemstone so that means whatever program product he goes uh to make again he'll be a great guy again but yeah he's just it, it, it's very kentucky fried humor um and he's just he, he's very vulgar and uh, tons of great catchphrases and uh yeah no i was just i really very enjoyable and again like most modern cable shows in particular, they're eight, nine, ten episodes, so you can just knock that out. No big deal. But they're fun. I was having fun yeah. watching them. Yeah. His first, did you ever see his first film that got him a lot of attention, the foot fist way where he's basically no, a, I, that, he's, that's a, all, yeah. he's a karate instructor and he's kind of like not very good, full of himself. That one is also on Max and then Tamara wants me to watch Arizona, which is a movie he made in 2018. Hmm. And that's on Hulu. Him. That's on Hulu. Hulu was on the Fritz last night, so I wanted to watch it. Oh, you look at his night. filmography; it's crazy. He was in I know. Hot I read, Rod. I read uh, his Super, uh, Bear, Super Bear, Super Bad. I, yeah, I read his uh, wiki, and yeah, I mean, he's a dude who's always hustling. He uh, was a executive producer of those most recent Halloween films. Yeah, it's weird. So yeah. weird. I know. So anyway, uh, yeah, again, Max. Uh, I, I would recommend all three of those shows. They're a ton of fun. So anyway, all right. Well, it takes us out of the Geek Easy. Uh, I'm skipping out on this check yet again. I can't believe that they let us in here. But i got to get out that Air Qantas app to get us down to the land down under Hologram Tina and the Mutants Await for a dance through box office history. Let's go. Welcome! 
to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in Thunderdome, where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, uh, it's not filler, but it's infotainment. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Philotainment. Yeah, so we did this previously where we looked back at the box office of... Years ending in three, so we did. Uh, we did nineteen seventy three. Right. Every decade with that, with ended in three. We're doing that with the four. So we're going to start off with nineteen seventy four, go up till twenty fourteen. Uh, just every decade. And the, the reason we do this because we both love box office and just the the landscape of business. The math. This, we love the math. Gives you, gives you a little feel of like what movies were like, what was popular. Um, and kind of the flavor of kind of like how things have changed in people's taste. It also kind of shows you like the size of movies and how they've changed over time. So the way it's going to work, we'll go through the top 20 of each decade with a number and we'll go from there, make observations, you know, and if you have thoughts Mm -hmm. on this, let us know. Uh, I'll take 1974 and Charlie will do 1984 and we'll go on so far. So we're going to start with, uh, number 20. Death Wish, the first film in the series, uh, came out in July, made $22 million. And, and, and you'll find out, folks, um, just how many people went to the movies. So essentially, movie tickets averaged about 2 bucks. So we had like mm-hmm. close to 11 million people seeing films. If you think about right. that today, if we averaged like 12 bucks a film, I mean, yeah. thinking about that, that would have been, you know, huge. I mean, right. you're talking right, right. almost 5x that number that we came in uh so we go to chinatown oscar-winning film made 23 million dollars with jack uh nicholson thunderbolt and lightfoot was that a burt reynolds film why not works for me (laughs) uh that made 25 million then this is a weird one go for it oregon and i it's a documentary oh oh, that's not the origin of the swedish chef no it made 25 million dollars and then uh we get to 16 the great gatsby i believe this might have been the first adaptation but this is the the robert redford version that probably everybody saw it in high school because you had to uh (laughs) it made 26 million dollars texas chainsaw massacre Big deal. New Line was a distributor. I think that's a lie because I don't think New Line actually existed. Or maybe it was the studio that actually started uh, this. But, you know, talk about a movie that maybe cost probably like $100,000 max. Made $26 Big deal. Independent film at the time. Uh, Dirty Mary Crazy Larry? (laughs) I remember that. That sounds like lyrics from a Springsteen song. Yeah. Oh, Dirty Mary. Yeah, then Freebie and the Bean, a movie that I heard is actually not bad. Is that porn? Uh, Free the Bean? No, not, 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 no, not, not, no. Uh, $30 million. Then this is the crazy one. Benji. Um, a series about a dog who has animal adventures. There was, I don't know how, Benji was like the biggest thing in the 70s. I never understood why. I never watched a Benji movie. I could care less. I don't like animal movies. Well, I mean, I like animals, but not animal movies. But right. $32 million, roughly. Wow. Uh, when we get to Murder on the Orient Express, this is... Ah, you skipped, Her- yep. you skipped Herbie Rides again. Oh, Come on now. Yes, Disney. This is kind of like the bad time for Disney because uh, Herbie well, they, Rides they two, Again. Two movies in the top ten, top 20. Yeah, it's not so oh, bad. But it, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, is it, aren't Benji and both Herbie both? I don't no, know. No, Benji, I think, is like Paramount or something like that. Oh, there it doesn't go. give us the studio, uh, right. at least for this, this that, that one. Uh, Herbie Rides Again, $31 million. I believe that was the second Herbie film. Maybe there was Herbie Goes to Mexico was three. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Murder on the Orient Express. This is a, you know, I, 
Christie classic with uh, Albert Finney, I believe, played uh, Poirot in this. Made $35 million. The Longest Yard. This is a uh, Reynolds film about uh, football. Was uh, was remade by Adam Sandler uh, in the 90s. Made $43 million. The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. Adams. Yes. That was a movie? I, was, I, was, I only know as a TV series. I'm, well, it, and obviously spun in whatever direction. That was a favorite of my dad's, I know, for Oh, a yeah, yeah. I used to watch that yeah. as a kid because it was the yeah. only thing on. Yeah. <laughs> $45 million. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Airport 1975. Not air. Not airplane. Well, it was clearly yeah. what spun off an airplane. But, yeah, it was yeah, the same thing. This is of one thing. of those disaster films. Yeah. 70s yep, yep. disaster films were huge. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, because you'll see it. There's a couple more coming up. Uh, that was uh, $48 million by Universal. Godfather Part 2, Paramount Pictures. I mean, w- we talk about the movie that has a sequel that's potentially even better than the first. That's yep. that film. Totally. Uh, made $57 million, and that made it in only three weeks because it launched wow. in December. That's wild. Then we get to Earthquake. Yes, again, more disaster uh, Disaster films. film. Uh, that made... 79 million dollars uh nice. young frankenstein wow this is even better um mel brooks classic in three weeks it made 86 million dollars for a comedy I love it holy well, crap well it's spinning off of when we get all the way up to number one you kind of see where it's coming from but exactly. anyway exactly that yeah that's a, that's amazing that mel brooks had yeah. year, but we'll talk about that the trial of billy jack now these billy jack films they're kind of like a, a a guy who comes to town he knows kung fu beats up people and saves the town this is like the i love it with the a team yeah there's a whole series of billy jack films which beats, i've never seen any town. of them uh 89 million dollars uh, nice yeah, Towering Inferno. Once Another again. disaster movie. Yeah, exactly. With a, like, it's like the Love Boat cast where it's got everybody. Ernest Borgnine's probably in it. Shelley. Yeah, they're in a. They're Duval, in like, oh, this is the tallest building in the world, and now it's the law report of it is on fire. And didn't it wasn't this remade in recent years? I feel like. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah. This made 116 million dollars. So if you think about it, probably would be like over a you know 1.2 yeah. billion dollars. So. It was the, it was the Avengers of its time. Correct. It was the <laughs> <Exactly>. Endgame. <laughs> Uh, we've got all your favorite people, like yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, old, really old version of um, Mickey Rooney. Yay! Th- Thanos was at the bottom, uh, blasting it with the with the exactly. Uh, then we end up with number one, which is just crazy again. Blazing Saddles, Mel greatest Bro- greatest comedy of all time in my humble opinion. Twenty million dollars. I mean, in his two films made two hundred fifty million dollars, and that's like I said, if you think about it, that's like over two billion dollars in today's budget. Imagine that's that. So incredibly crazy. I lo- like I said, my definitely my my favorite all time uh, comedy film. All right, let's move on to. The summer of '84. Well, the year of '84. Yeah, regale me. Uh, with yeah, all this fun. What? Well, what's that now? Regale me. Yes, I will indeed. Oh my God! Uh, number twenty is a movie I watched last week. The first breaking. Oh, breakdancing movie uh, that was so popular they turned around and made a sequel within four months. They two movies that came out in 1984. And I'm assuming CGI. <laughs> I assume if we scroll down, what's crazy is that uh, film number 21. If we went the opposite direction, was The Terminator, little independent film that could. Yeah. Uh, but as we move forward, Bachelor Party, the Tom Hanks film, is at number 19, bringing in almost 40 million dollars. Red Dawn, another low budget uh, kids take on the commies flick, uh, also right around 40 mil. 
Revenge of the Nerds, a very problematic film wow. in today's society, uh, but one that that really uh, dominated our childhood was number 17. Uh, Graystroke, The Legend of Tarzan. Don't Not know that stroke, Kelly. Yeah. No, no, no. no Graystroking. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, when you get Grace to our age. Graystroke is another film you could get at the Gra- uh, blockbuster. Yeah, I was going to say, when you get to be our age, it is Graystroke. The Natural, that'd be with Robert Redford and is a baseball film, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, netted 47, almost $48 million. Uh, Tightrope, don't know that one. Ring a bell? Clint Eastwood, I believe he played oh, a boy. My goodness. Uh, Grand Canyon, The Hidden Secret, I'm imagining. It's a documentary. Uh, and a doco, yeah. Boy, pulled in 52.8 mil. Never heard of it. Uh, Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah gave a splash at number 12. Bring in so your Hanks. Yeah, 62 million. Uh, Terms of Endearment, The uh, I think we watched this one not that long ago. Big tearjerker. Uh, and it was uh, Deborah Winger and... Shirley McLean. Shirley McLean. Thank you very much. Um, romance. Oh, excuse me. Now we're into the top 10 Purple Rain with uh, your own local legend there in the Twin Cities, Mr. Prince. And more state. More state. money. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Clock, yeah. Clocking in at $75 million. Oh, My goodness. Uh, 66. Uh, six, uh, 66. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, number nine is Romancing the Stone, a favorite of my mother's. That would be oh, yeah. Kathleen yeah. Turner, Michael Kathleen, Douglas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Correct. Great flick. Uh, number eight, uh, my favorite Star Trek film was Star Trek three, uh, directed by Leonard Nimoy from Paramount Pictures, clocking in at over $76 million. And then our remaining uh, seven films are all 80s classics. Mm-hmm. Footloose at number seven with the flat 80 million. Uh, in box office, Police Academy, the first one, uh, 81 million. The Karate Kid at number five with over $90 million. Beverly Hills Cop, some would say the the apex of Eddie Murphy's power, in my opinion, uh, at least for people of our generation, or at least his first real breakout, uh, was a blockbuster film over $100 million, which is that's when that term really started to come into play was in the 80s uh gremlins a great christmas classic at least it's wow. on our christmas list up to almost 150 million dollars that year my god uh the sequel which was a prequel to raiders of the lost ark indiana jones and the temple of doom todd's favorite indiana jones movie at number two with almost 180 million dollars and the number one film about to get a sequel here in the next couple of months uh ghostbusters uh, bringing in $220 million. So yeah, I, uh, by over $40 million to trounce Indiana Jones, which is just seems crazy to me because it was a Comedy unknown IP. Yeah, 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 exactly. A new thing. Yeah, yeah. So we're talking like now we're at about 375 a ticket. So it we went from yeah, like two, looks that way. 375. So like double the, yeah, uh, in the 10 cost. years in yeah. tickets, you know, we're only at 65 for the top film. Yeah. Uh, we'll see where that goes uh, as we exactly pull vault into the 90s. The, the, the 90s. And Todd, you're giving away number 20 is because it's, it's, oh, it's right next to your head. She'd give you a smooch. Mwah. There Kiss we me, go. Baby. Yeah. So, th- so this is where the, I feel like the decade kind of goes back to like where the 70s were. So you almost got like indies became a thing. So in the, in yep. the, so we're going to go with this. I'll just give a giveaway. Tickets sold, actually, uh, for the number one movie. 73 million tickets for the top movie. So quite honestly, about the same. 10 years mm-hmm. later. So I think we kind of got like that normal pattern, you know. But this is the time of like uh, VHS and everything was widely yep. available. So people didn't always have to leave their homes to see a film. But mm-hmm. they had to wait a long time before they came. Three months or longer. Six months. Exactly. <clears throat> at this point. No, I mean, at this point, 94. They were almost like a year later sometimes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And remember true? how much they cost? 
to own a collection. Not cheap. Uh, 40 bucks probably yeah, minimum. Yeah, yeah. They were like 80 like a couple years before. Yeah. We'll get into the numbers here. So number 20, yes, right behind me, Pulp Fiction. Huge Ooh. beginning. Well, not put beginning because we have yeah, of our dogs before Yeah, that. but a, but a put indies. And there was nobody who was not talking about this film no. uh, in the fall of 1994. Correct. And quite yeah. honestly, set the pattern for a lot of movies like this. You know, the, yep. the edgy, weird storytelling, cool yep. soundtrack films. That made... Uh, Sixty-three million dollars. So we're seeing these movies uh, at the bottom make more money now. Uh, right. Then we have uh, Wolf. I believe that was the Nicholson. <laughs> well, that, was, people. that was a, that was a re- he did pee on people, uh, but not in the way that you think. But yeah, that was a stalwart on the uh, the MSU movie channel. I've seen that movie fifty thousand times. Spader, I think thirty was years ago. Too. Yep, yeah. sure did. Uh, oh my god, made sixty-five. We had Dumb and Dumber, the Fairly Brothers run, Top of the World, Jim Carrey, uh, $66 million. Stargate, you know, quite honestly, became a franchise, but not as a movie series, but as a TV series, right. which is a one-off. James Spader, once again, he's in there doing the spadering. Uh, $68 million. Spade and Star Trek Generation. Not a great film, but still making some bucks. Correct. So this is right before I met Charlie. So we didn't get to know each other to see William Shatner and and, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart team ups. That made $71 million. That was the first TNG film. Um, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Jim Carrey again. $72 million. Uh, Philadelphia. (laughs) Tom, you know, Tom... Uh, Hanks, this is his first real, I would say, serious role. Right. He won an Oscar for it. Uh, also, <laughs> right. um, uh, blinking on the other person. Denzel Washington was also. Yeah, Denzel. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, so that made $76 million. Schindler's List. This is really the turn for Steven Spielberg doing more yep. serious films as well. That made $89 million. The Client, I think that was a John Grissom yep. movie yeah. with. Sandra Bullock, maybe, maybe. maybe. No, 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 no. I think, I think that was, wasn't that Jodie Foster? The client. I'm drawing a blank. It's, it's getting mixed in, in my head. Uh, I can't remember. Because if you look at the, uh, the link to it, uh, I don't see who actually stars. I think the one uh, I think you're thinking of was a couple years later, and it was the oh the Pelican Man. Brief or the uh, what was no it, it, it was or? it was the it was the one where is the the, the the Southern Town Keith or Sutherland and his buddy were the rednecks okay. McConaughey was in it anyway sure. okay <laughs> yeah yeah so it's one of those Grissom novels that made ninety two yeah. million Mrs Doubtfire uh, sure. Ron Williams uh, ninety six million dollars Interview with a Vampire this is Tom Cruise starting to do more you know introspective acting yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. Like over the top stuff yeah right um that made 100 million maverick that was a a remake of the tv series with That's mel gibson so random foster to, to be million dollars to, to be a blockbuster film that's crazy to me yeah the mask once again Ugh. jim carrey is three on films fire. yeah three Holy films in this crap. Top uh you know a comic book property cameron diaz's first you know big performance right 18 million dollars then speed you know we talk about uh sandra bulk being a, the, the uh, bus and, that and, could slow down yeah and johnny uh uh mnemonic not, not johnny um keanu, keanu. <laughs> yeah, it was really his first appearance as a, you know, lead action lead. Right, right, um, big time. Yeah, yeah, made $121 million. Then we get into Clear and Present Danger, which I believe Ooh, is Tom Clancy, the, Harrison Ford. Is this Harrison Ford's first appearance? Uh, no, maybe his second. His Hunt for October was Alec Baldwin. He yep. stopped being... I feel like the, I yeah. feel like there was one early the, in between those two, but there I could be wrong. Patriot Games, yeah, all those clear and present danger. Maybe this. Yeah, I think Patriot Games was that. in like 90, yeah. 92 or something. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one hundred twenty-two million dollars. 
Wow. The Flintstones. Oh. And again, John Goodman and Rick Moranis, right? Kind of the twilight before his retirement. Exactly. Yeah. And Rose, was it Rosie O'Donnell? Was Rosie Rome? O'Donnell and no, was, um, uh, Elizabeth Betty. Perkins. Yeah. Wow, and, crazy. Yeah, how, did that money, that, how did that movie make $130 million? Nobody People, knows. Uh, loved it. The Santa it, was because, it was because the B-52 is doing the music. Apparently. <laughs> uh, the Santa Claus, uh, big for uh, for uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor, $137 yeah. million. I was thinking about this because that and that and generations came out right around the same time so yeah yeah true lies oh, arnold was kind of this is pure arnold time teaming up with jim cameron great, great movie uh kind of kicked off the whole oh i'm i'm your husband i'm secretly a spy or i'm, right. I'm your wife and i'm secretly a spy that's like every movie these days right um every that made 146 million dollars and it's it's crazy you get to like the top two uh force gump uh, oscar winner oh. Tom one Hanks, of my, once one again. All time favorites. What a great talk what about a classic that. Film. Tom Hanks in two of the biggest films of the year, almost $300 million. So, like, double what True Lies did. Mm-hmm. And then we get to The Lion King, which, you know, obviously that's like the prestige of Disney's animation. Right. And that only made $2 million more than Forrest Gump, which is a crazy Wow. Because kids' and movies. Neck. Destroy right. Oscar films these days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, yeah. So definitely a turn of the time. All right. Well, we're leaving the 20th century behind, and we are taking ourselves into 2004. So let's see how 10 years uh, changes the landscape. So uh, in uh, prior to this, we had a remake of uh, Ocean's Eleven, which was the Rat Pack flick about a heisting in the 60s. Now we have Ocean's Twelve. Oh, and again, wow, I these, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. these. Films Films are uh, uh, it's Clooney and Matt Damon. Who, who else? And uh, just a you know Bernie Mac, but you know who you know. Got oh yeah, Elliot Gould yeah. plays like the old guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was uh, number twenty with a hundred and seven million dollars. Uh, the Grudge, which was it was your girl. Uh, I was going to say Sarah Jessica Parker, Buffy, who was Sarah Michelle Geller. Mm-hmm. Whoops, very <laughs> different. Uh, when then that was a remake of I believe a, a Japanese horror film, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you had The Village, which was an M Night Shyamalan film with Bryce Dallas Howard, who uh, you saw that was. I thought that was one of his best films. I actually. Oh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Really cool. Yeah. Um, Dodgeball, which is a a dumb movie classic of all time. A true Mm -hmm. underdog uh, coming in at 17. Fahrenheit 9-11 from our own Michael Moore from Flint, Michigan. Documentary. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Wow. Kind of crazy. Uh, Van Helsing. Absolute garbage. Oh, God. uh, Starring (laughs) starring, uh, Hugh Jackman. Oh, Oh, my God. The the Jack. This was. Yeah, I got that movie. Yeah. This oh was, yeah, this was the era where CGI was really tilting very heavily into any of these genre films or anything associated. All those Dracula babies <clears throat> got killed. Yeah, all oh, oh, bad stuff. Fifty uh, First Dates, which was Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Yep. Uh, speaking of CGI and, and the very famous, like, hey, look, there's a minivan. Oh no, there's a there's a, a plane flying overhead. It would be Troy, which was starring uh, Brad Pitt and I think Eric Bana, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah I think uh, that was uh, what was his name, uh, the director. Um, not Wesley Snipes. <laughs> yes, Wesley Snipes. You got it. <laughs> yes. Oh, I have no idea. Um, we, Will Smith uh, soldiers on an iRobot oh, where yeah. he's got to fight some robots and he makes it all about him. So iRobot. $144 million. So this is before oh the gosh. Wild Wild West or was it? After? No, after Wild Wild West was 98, 99. Okay. So this is really where Will Smith, his star is kind of starting to come he's down. He's kind of starting to talk. office. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Uh, National Treasure Franchise started this year. Oh, with did, you for, did you forget the Polar Express? Oh, how really? could I? Yes. I've only seen it 50,000 times because my kids eyes, loved it. Of 
with Tom the Hanks. The Dead Eyes, yes, exactly. A completely CGI film uh, based on uh, a film of uh, uh, Chris Van Allsburg, uh, resident of East Grand Rapids, where I live. And mm. the film is set in Grand Rapids as they that's where the kid lives, that they take him away. And that Herpelsheimer store, that was the store right downtown. So it was a very- store? Yeah. That doesn't even sound real. That was honest to God. It was right. They, it's it's now the uh, Grand Rapids uh, Police Department Central Station. So mm-hmm. all the Herpeshimo ghosts have to get busted by the cops. Bring in the Ghostbusters. Um, <laughs> National Treasure, as I said, bring Nicolas Cage kicking off franchise, mm-hmm. which then turned into a television series, which is on one of the netlets. Which oh, a, sh- a Shark's Tale. Uh, again, Will Smith. He's still working. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, a lot of this is a fair that I ended up seeing with my kids when they were young and that I don't have great memories of because I saw it 50 times. Uh, sequel to Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers, uh, which I don't remember being great, but again, uh, clearly commanded some bucks, $162 million at the box office. Uh, the Born Supremacy was the second Born film. I think film. so. My yeah. wife loved these movies, so I know that I saw this not, not, that, not too long ago. So that's Matt Damon as a... Uh, uh, memory erased super spy. Uh, another disaster film, one of my personal favorites, The Day After Tomorrow, a young Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Boimler's dad, Mr. Uh, Mr. De- I would say Dennis Quaid. Yes, Dennis Quaid, not Randy Quaid, uh, starring in that film. And a young uh, Emmy Rossum uh, from uh, Shameless, I believe was the female lead in that. So uh, Harry Potter, this is Harry Potter 1, 2, 3, 4, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Azkaban. Yeah, this yeah, is where it kind of went uh, dark, People yep, really like this yep, one. Tilting yep. more in that direction. My favorite Pixar film is number four. That is The Incredibles, which yeah. was basically your animated version of the Fantastic Four. Um, and also set set kind of in the 1960s and gave yes. us uh yeah, gave it gave us a lot of fun tropes, but tropes turned on their ear. Craig T. Yeah. Nelson, remember the name you couldn't remember earlier? Craig That's T. Nelson right. was the Craig main dude. Yeah. And uh, huh. Jason yeah. Jason Lee was the villain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. um, and uh, 151 million dollars. So, yeah, I mean, boy, for Pixar. Court, I mean, they were just, yeah. you know. They could print money at that time. Quarter of a million dollars. A film that I've seen exactly once, and we're going to keep it that way, is The Passion of the Christ. I can even scarcely recall anything I've ever seen that's more Jim gruesome. Caviezel and Mel Gibson. Yes. And, a little bit weirdos these days. Yes. Yeah. Eggs, absolutely correct. But you know what? It was huge. And I saw it in the theater with my ex-wife. She really $70 million. Dollars. That's insane. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you know, you're, you're getting the Jesus-y crowd on that one. Those people have money. Look at the gemstones. <laughs> now, now that's where all that yeah. money is going. Um, the only Spider-Man movie of the Raimi Spider-Man films that you can watch is Spider-Man 2 at number two. Uh, clocking it at almost three hundred seventy-five million dollars, three million dollars more than than the Passion of the Christ. That's crazy. Wow, you'll take Spider-Man over Jesus, uh, but just barely. And then another sequel at the top, and an animated film by DreamWorks, Shrek Two at like four. Myers, wow. you know, when the yeah, Austin Powers money stopped. The Shrek yeah, money started. <laughs> it did, and, and then that movie stopped when we got the Love Guru, and then we've he's never been heard oh, from God. since. Oh, so that yeah, so that gets us into the aughts. So that's like five, time, bucks. yeah. That's you know you're looking at close to like five bucks. Yeah, a, you know, this is more like six bucks a ticket. Yep, 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 the yep. Previous one I didn't mention it was like more like five. So you don't see yeah. like huge gaps and like cost and and right. once again 71 million tickets sold for the top movie so once again we're still in the same ballpark so essentially right. we're kind of you know kind of cruise along yeah. as a steady state of where movies are at exactly. so then now we get to 2014 so like, 10 years ago yes correct so think about <laughs> this the top grossing film in 2014 and I'll just give you the ticket number. We'll get to what the movie is later. But it only had 40 million tickets. So mm. 30 million less tickets sold 10 years later. 
the hats insane wow. DVD marketplace. All of a sudden, I think yep. this is when Netflix was streaming more and you could watch movies yep. uh, that way. Yep. Um, and so we think about that. So um, I will say this tickets are getting closer to $10 a piece. Yep. So Which is we where we're doubled the days, cost yeah. again. So, yep, yep, uh, yep. so I'll start with um, number 20 ride along. I believe ride along was that a, a, a Tracy Morgan. Could be. I don't know. Do you click on it? Does it go anywhere? Uh, if it... you click on it, sometimes it gives you something like a post. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. It no, was, Kevin uh, Hart and Ice Cube. Kevin Hart. That had to be yeah. one of his first films then. Probably so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there you go. Uh, that movie made... <laughs> um, $134 million. $134 million. Yeah, so comedy yeah. in the top 20 making hundred thirty. You know, we're seeing the, the, the money increase, but, you know, the mm-hmm. tickets have declined yeah. quite a bit. I mean, we're talking right. like half the tickets once again. Right. Uh yeah, so uh, let's see. Neighbors, I believe this was. Was this a, oh, Seth, I, a lot of these movies? Uh, oh, Seth right. Rogen and Rose Byrne, yeah. <clears throat> and a uh, very young, uh, what's his butt? Zach Efron. Yeah. After yeah. the high school musical, yeah. That's right. 150 million. So comedy's big. Uh, also, something that's big is YA movies. Oh, like you Divergent. bet. Divergent. Mm-hmm. Uh, $150 million there. Yeah, uh, we go to Gone Girl with Ben Affleck. I believe it was one of his directing, yeah, I believe so, yeah. directing films. So he does very well with that. One hundred sixty-six million dollars. How to Train Your Dragon Two, a series that's still very successful today. Yeah, uh, apparently they're going to build a new land <laughs> in a Universal Studios for that. Ooh, wow, uh, one hundred seventy-seven million dollars. Interstellar, a movie, uh, you know, renowned for being to see in the theater, a science fiction film with some heart. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 182 million dollars. Uh, then we get to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I believe this is like the Michael Bay. Uh, they were looked like they're on roids, which it wasn't a yeah, bad with, film. yeah, with Megan Fox. Yeah, I, I thought it was yeah. passable. It Megan Fox bad, and yeah. uh, Will. Uh, I was to say Will Ferrell. Who's the other Will? They all look like they all look like turtle <laughs> versions of John Cena. But 191 yeah, million dollars. Uh, 22 Jump Street, another comedy with Jonah Hill oh, yeah. and uh, Channing Tatum. Uh, yeah. 191 million dollars. So we're getting there. And then we got the Godzilla. Now this is the new Godzilla with right. um, the one that spawned the uh, monarch, Brian Cranston, and yeah. also yeah. So this is more like they're trying to take it serious, but it's still a big film. Uh, right. And that made 200 million dollars and charlie i remember when i i think i texted you after i saw this film amazing spider-man 2 i'm like kill it now kill i it. was super fired up to see this because we had a group of friends and yeah. uh our mutual friend michelle Jefferson, jesperson was one of that group that we saw the number three movie which is one of my favorite films uh in genre and then went to go see this just absolutely fired up that it was going to be the bomb and it was a bomb of a certain kind a box office bomb. Sp- Amazing right. Spider-Man 2, $202 million. Yeah, mm-hmm. not, not exactly what they were looking for. Right. Uh, we move on to Dawn of the Planet Apes. This is the... A sequel. I guess the, the latest... No, no, this is uh, the first one. This is the first yeah, one. Yeah, this is the With latest... James Franco. Yep. Latest version, which now they're going to re- they're gonna do a, 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 a sequel again to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very successful, well, well uh, critically acclaimed, $208 million. Right. Um. Big Hero 6, fun fact about this film. This is actually the first Disney um, Marvel animated thing because Big Hero 6 was a Marvel property. Disney animated it and made $211 million. Great film, great animation. Even had the Stanley cameo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Then we get to the Hobbit films. This is the Battle of... Which one is this? The The Battle of the Five Armies. So I believe this is the last film. 
Thank God. Not, not, not great films by much. Yeah. Better. That, that they <clears throat> should not have done that. Um, yeah. that made 220 million. Uh, then one of our favorites, X-Men days of future past coming out of, it. uh, first class. We were lived at Matthew Vaughn did not direct right. this. Brian Singer came back for it. Big cr- yeah, uh, big crossover. made $233 million. So yeah, that's kind of when X-Men went off the, the rails again after the yeah. film. Yeah. This, this was, yeah, this was the pinnacle and X-Men is something that we're planning to, uh, to jump on, uh, as we get a little closer to Deadpool. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Maleficent. This was the Disney trying to do live action things with yep. the original take on a bad guy, making them not so bad. Uh, $241 million. Transformers Age of Extinction. This is when they brought in the Dinobots. It was kind of like the last gasp. And then last night was horrible. It died. Uh, I never saw this film. Didn't need to because I knew it was going to be bad. $245 million. God. Uh, then we get to the Lego movie, the surprise oh. movie. Nobody thought how this movie would be made. It was going to yeah, be no horrible. Kidding. And right. then it made everybody happy. Everything is awesome with this movie. Charlie. Absolute class. My kids, absolutely. My, my late son, Parker, this was probably one of his favorite films. Oh. It's very, 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 so, very special to me. Oh, I yeah. I remember it. taking Logan to this. We loved it. Yeah. Uh, was it Lord Business, President Business? President Business. Yeah, Will Ferrell. And it was, yeah, was, of course, uh, the, uh, you know, the wonderful world of Chris Pratt, which his success continues on as we yeah, uh, he, go down he, this list. Yeah, he was only in one movie at a time back then. Yes. Um, <laughs> then we get to Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Oh, wow. Talk about my, it. was my fa- my favorite for until we got to Endgame. This was my number one Marvel film. This would still be yeah. up there for me. I mean, yeah. it's probably my top three. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a wonderful film. Uh, $259 million. Uh, the Hunger Games Mockingjay, which was what, the second film? Could be those films just really nosedive for me. The first one I thought was cool because YA was. Wait, you didn't want to the see scene. the Hunger Games again? Yeah. Oh, I certainly did not see the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, I did not either. Yeah, to me, they they became very generic afterwards. But again, to each their own. But yeah, I, I yeah. saw them all. But I was like, I couldn't tell you anything that happened beyond the first film. I, I did like the whole series, but yeah, I had no interest in seeing the the the, the prequel. Mm. Uh, three hundred twenty three million dollars for that. That became a big thing. So obviously, that's why they're bringing it back because they like money. Yeah. Uh, the number good. one. 2014 Guardians of the Galaxy. We just talked about James Gunn. Ten years ago, he Ooh, really the hell came in his even own. Knew. Yeah. No. I remember we were talking about like nobody likes the Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody's read their comics except for right. the, the the minor people. Now look at these iconic characters that are in theme parks and right. I mean, they know who they are. They they teed up you know five years, six years of of success in Marvel that they said Marvel blank and people went okay. Remember the SNL sketch where like Marvel can do anything. This office chair, you know, has a movie. <laughs> you know, it's yep. yeah. This was back when Marvel could do no wrong. This was before the Inhumans. This was you know before everything after Endgame, which has just all been blah, and the the TV stuff. And yeah, this is when Marvel was all powerful. Because um, yeah, this film just just destroyed everything uh but again only 333 million dollars so this was um this was before billion dollar movies was the thing but boy we were getting close and marvel was the you know marvel were the ones that did it though no well yeah avatar was in 09 that was a billion dollar movie but again this is clearly domestic gross so yeah not worldwide this is yeah yeah, this is all domestic because yeah you do get over the you know i can't remember what the first billion dollar marvel movie was Yeah, no, I'm not sure either. Um, yeah. But yeah, what a wild ride. 50 years of movies and all the way from documentaries and, you know, Bert. Crap, next Reynolds year we and- hit it and I'll be 50. <laughs> 
And the year Crazy, after that, I, Charlie. And the year Crazy. after that, I'll be fifty. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, it's boy. Okay. Oh well, my goodness. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed this. This is just a, a nice look back once again, history of the kind of yeah. movie industry and how things have changed. But with with that, I uh, hope you enjoy it. If you, you know, we're gonna do once again, we're gonna do TV, probably comics, and some other things yeah. of those times. I think we did toys as well, so we'll do that. Probably so. Look back because collecting so, yes. is always fun. Absolutely correct. Well, cool. Well, hey, with that, that is the end of the program, friends. As always, uh, thank you for joining us. Todd, where do people find you out there? Uh, they find me <laughs> on threads at Tioxtra and at Secret Friends Unite. There's dots in between, so look for those. And then on Twitter, at Tioxtra, at Secret Friends U. Best way to get a hold of us is always uh, those places, typically through DMs. And also, check out our website, SecretFriendsUnite.com. And also, if you want to email us, uh, SecretFriendsUnite at gmail.com. Well, yes, let's bring back that mailbag. I'd like that. Yeah, we, we're going to start plugging that. Uh, a lot of those same places are also places you can find me. I'm C3 Carpenter on Instagram and threads. Just go ahead and spell it out. Uh, but primarily, my big love is the USS Grand Petoskey. That is the chapter of the International Star Trek Fan Club that my wife and I run right here in West Michigan. We're the biggest, uh, one of the biggest chapters in the world. Uh, I also have the privilege of being responsible for the seven chapters that are the part of Region 13 of SFI, which is Michigan and Eastern Canada. If you're a trucker within the sound of my voice, please visit sfi.org for more information there, ussgrandpetoskey.com or the Region 13 website as well. And I'd be very happy to connect you with truckers where you live. So with that, friends, as always, I'm going to thank you for joining us, tell you that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck! Old is awesome. Everything is old and awesome. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.